Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full of Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, with our special guest this week. Angie Petty. That's right. Angie's here. Uh, and uh, thank you so much for coming on uh, live from our not completely unpacked apartment. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. That's true indeed. I like uh, your cheesy Valentine's decorations. Thank here. you, thank you. I worked very hard on that. And this is the first Pockets Full of Soup Valentine's special celebrating life, love, and the pursuit of kissy bears. Kissy bears. Kissy bears. Kissy bears. There we are. Yeah, that's kind of adorable. So hopefully you'll find this endearing and not sickening. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is an episode we'll about try. about the highs and lows uh, of of love uh, over short and long periods of time. And uh, we're going to answer some of your questions. So this is a, a community uh, question episode. Speaking of community, we'd like to thank our Patreon producers, Nick Rie, Robert Nieder, whose generous support helps make the show possible, as well as everybody uh, on Patreon who gives, those of you who subscribe. We invite you, by the way, to join us on the Pockets Full of Soup Facebook group, a lovely and completely free community of nice people who talk about nice things and kittens are always on topic. Ooh. I've done all the talking so far. That's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You are the host of the show and I... I trust you to lead me the direction we're supposed to go. Oh my! I that was that's a terrible plan. Oh okay. Okay, yep. Yeah. So we were talking about how uh, earlier, uh, just before the show started, that you know, uh, I married you, or did you marry me, or did I? How did this work? There, there was a pastor involved. We, yeah. I was wearing a, a white dress. You were wearing an ill-fitting tuxedo. That tuxedo did not fit well. <laughs> That's true. It there looked were, really good on all the groomsmen. It did. It looked great on the groomsmen. It did not fit. And I was very wet at the time because yes. it was raining because it was yeah. an outdoor wedding. Uh, yeah. Don't don't get married outside unless you live in California or Arizona or something. Just don't. Don't get married outside because then it rains. And it was a lovely wedding. It was. I'm so glad the horses in the background waited till after the wedding to start having sex. You always say that. Yes. And I, it's it's a bit of a It was very stretch. close. They were standing immediately behind us in mm -hmm. the full view of the gathered, uh, the congregants, the guests. <laughs> and uh, immediately after we completed our vows and uh, were swept away into marital bliss, the horses likewise found their way into <laughs> marital bliss. Uh, and that was... You know, a, it's a circle of life. Like, what, are you, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so this is a, this is a community, uh, uh, community questions episode. Um, we've got all kinds of things from you guys, from Twitter, from the Poxable Soup Facebook group. And uh, I think we're going to start reading those. So Angie, what's, what's the first question? Sure. Well, I, I first want to say that how much I appreciate it and am just overwhelmed by the number of people that responded and i wish we could read all of the questions it would be a really really long show if it we would did. yeah it, if, so, we, if we went through all of these i think we we'd be here till about two or three this morning we probably shouldn't do that both but, because we would run out of camera yeah. energy and because the people listening would eventually get very bored that's true so but thank you <laughs> thank you thank you everybody it was incredibly kind of you so i'm gonna get us started uh with the first question from a dear friend of ours mr chris abbott he says can the both of you talk about the exact moment that you knew that you wanted to spend the rest of your lives together Ooh, ooh, you start with that one. Ooh, oh really are the you exact are, are you moment, are you gonna eh? like try to think of something more romantic no, to say no no okay because again uh, I, I romance is a funny thing it's so deliciously sloppy in a lot of ways mm -hmm. love is a jackson pollock painting mm -hmm. and just kind of throwing colors at the wall and... I, love, I love ed harris oh, oh well he, he, he played jackson pollock that's he why did. i'm not just like randomly saying that i Although, thought this was your valentine's choice it, it, it would be if you know if i had that that option but yeah he played jackson pollock 
I wish I looked like Ed Harris. I wish I acted like Ed Harris. And I definitely wish I had Ed Harris's bank account. You, you kind of got the chrome dome thing going on. Yeah. So that's, like, that's pretty nice. I'm kind of like fat bearded Ed Harris, except mm. not as cool in any way. So let's get back to the question. Okay. <laughs> so Chris wanted to know the exact moment. And I can't give you a true exact answer. But what I can tell you is uh, I was home. Uh, over Christmas break, I think our second year in uh, in college. Yeah. And my best friend Denise uh, was staying the night with me, and we were staying up really, really late talking. And you and I were just friends at this yeah. point. You and I had never dated. Um, there had always been a flirtation back and forth. Flirtation, uh, eh? Yes, a flirtation, but no actual talk of a relationship yeah well one of the other of us was always dating somebody else mm -hmm. or or getting over dating somebody else or something and it just never yeah. quite clicked so i'm at my best friend denise's house and we're talking and i'm telling a bunch of college stories and about all my friends i'm making and the adventures i'm having and we've been talking for a few hours and she says to me angie you keep talking about this jared guy do you like him? And I was like, no, no, not at all. I, no. And and that's and, when you realized you wanted to spend the rest of your life no, with me. No, I just, I go, no. And then I'm like, well, uh, mate. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I think I like Jared. Oh, no. And, and, and you're just, you just kind of crept in and you kept just, you're, you're like kudzu. Costanza. <laughs> just get in there. That's right. Just, exactly. You hear it enough and it gets in your head. <laughs> but you were this, this force in my life that. Ugh, force. You're, he's getting embarrassed. That's what's I happening. Well, I, he, like, he... I, I was just compared to kudzu, the creeping parasite. <laughs> That kills anything it, it, it comes but it, into contact with. it looks with. lovely or lush and green. For See, about you're... six weeks out of the year, and then it <laughs> dies, and it's just a terrible, like, fetid thing. What it comes down to is this. Jared was the person that I wanted to talk to more than anyone. I looked forward to sitting down and having a conversation or getting in the car and driving to the, the Taco Bell that was open at three o'clock in the morning. And he's the person I wanted to do that with. And then when I realized that you have feelings for this person, it's both terrifying and wonderful. And then when it eventually works out that you realize that about one, that about one another that's the moment, and hmm. I couldn't, I can't give you a specific. You don't know date when that time. equation clicked. No, but I knew that that's what I wanted. For me, for me, it was that that morning, that Sunday morning on Easter. Um, I, I really do think that was the moment for me. Um, hmm. We had Angie and I dated uh, after her story, and then we broke up mm -hmm. for quite a while. Six uh, months. I dated somebody during that time, mm -hmm. um, and then. Uh, that person and I uh, got along pretty well, and then that fell apart. And, and Jared and I most certainly did not talk during that time. We talked a little. Uh, just, just we tried a, a to smidge. Talk. We tried to. I want to be I clear. Was, it wasn't, I, was not... I did not leave you for her. I don't want to give people the That's, wrong impression. Of course, but. It wasn't that kind of situation. He is the one that broke up with me. Yeah. And I did not take too well to that. At the time, that might still have been the right decision. It might have been. Know. Sure. Uh, but, but we had some things to work through. And we worked through them at a distance. And then, <laughs> anyway, um, 
we had not been talking very much, and it was very apparent uh, Angie was not at all happy with me, and I did not blame her for that at all. Uh, and there was this little church in Central Florida uh, that was only open about half the year. It was all snowbirds. Snowbirds are people who migrate to Florida, old people that, that come to Florida a few months out of the year for the warm weather, and that go home before it turns into a blazing, horrible hellscape uh, in, in, the, in the summer months. It's a little toasty. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this little church met like half the year, and the same people would come back every year in this little community where they would stay for half the year, and they had this little church. And it was, uh, I would go there. And preach. Uh, I was a, uh, a biblical studies student, and they would have students come in. It was it was good practice, and you met nice people, and they were very forgiving of the fact I had no idea what I was doing. Angie would go there with me, uh, that but when we broke up, she didn't anymore. It was their last Sunday. It was an Easter Sunday that year. It was the last Sunday before they went home, and we had not both been going. Angie had been avoiding me, so she didn't go. I went. Anyway, that morning, she decided she was going she was not going to let my presence ruin her saying goodbye to all her friends there. Mm -hmm. So she arrived and I wasn't there because my car had run out of gas on the way. And uh, so they all waited and did the church thing without me. And I got there and church was over and they all laughed well, you, at me. You failed to mention yeah, the most I, I important didn't want to go, part. I didn't want to go into the long details of this thing. It's an anyway, important detail. Yeah, it's really not that important. Anyway, whose story is this? Please. There we are. I see how this goes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to get in so much trouble after this. Mm -hmm. So anyway, the church service is over and they're all there and they're all laughing at me because I ran out of gas and I was late and all the rest. I hadn't really talked to Angie in a long time. She'd been so angry with me and I wanted to respect that distance. And she was kind of laughing along with everybody, which was a surprise or at least smiling. And after the church service was over, we said goodbye to all our friends. And I was shocked to see her there because she hadn't been there in a long time. And our friends left. And the two of us were just sitting outside this little lake in Florida uh, at a picnic table talking. And about five minutes into sitting alone and talking with her, I realized I was in love with her. And I think it was kind of settled there, honestly. I, that was that. I mean, it was a long period of time between then and getting married, but... I don't think there was a lot of doubt in my mind from then on that this was going to happen, um, which I guess sounds remarkably naive and in some ways was, but that's uh, how it worked out. So there was that. Yeah, we've been married for 15 years now. 15. Yeah. 15, yeah. Yeah, now we've actually known each other longer than we haven't, which is a very yeah. strange thing. Like yeah. we've, we've known each other for about 19 years now, mm -hmm. and uh, and that's Utterly bizarre. Well, you know, uh, one of the... 20 years old? I don't know. Oh, one of the questions that, that people asked um, is is how we met. And he and I have very differing uh, tales on that one. Yeah. And I would very much like to tell my side of the story. Is that one of the questions somebody asked? Yes, it is. Okay. So Josh asks, how did the two of you meet? What was your first date? Angie, what are your favorite video games? <laughs> okay, so there's one, two, and there's, three there. There's huh? a lot of questions. Okay. All right, so number one, how did you two meet? Okay, so Jared and I have differing bits on this, and it's just about meeting at different times of the day. Yeah. So Jared says that he met me in a line at an orientation. The out-of-state out student line at orientation the morning of the first day of college. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's where we yeah, met. So we were, yeah. I was flirting with your roommate there and ignoring you, and you were being really irritated about it. He says this, but I don't. I literally don't remember it, so I think that it is untrue. The second my, event also happened. Th this, this definitely happened. Happen. Absolutely later. So my my version of this story, which 
you're a memorable person. I think I would have remembered the first meeting. But my version is this. I walk into my room after a long day of orientation, ready just to kind of kick back. And I walk into my room and my roommate standing there with this weird dude in my dorm room. He's Who tall. you met that morning. I literally don't remember. He had a full head of bushy, shaggy hair. I did. True I had a lot story. Of and Flowing there, there, locks. There will, will probably be pictures of that emerge. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, please. So no. I go into the room. He's standing there with my roommate, and she's like, Angie, you will not believe what this guy just did. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. What did he do? She walks over and hands me a small little white card, business card, that says on one side, hello, my name is Jared Petty. Flip it over. Will you go out with me? Actually, let's correct that. The card said, Jared Petty, desperate and available. Will you go out with (laughs) me? Okay. So, so. Those were custom printed. I was. These are not hand done. They're custom printed. I was typically not the type of person to go out of, you know, get out, go out of my shell and come out of my shell and, and say something. But I felt, you know, kind of quirky that day. And I say, so where's mine? To which I replied, truthfully, oh, that was the last one. Which it was because I spent the last two hours giving that to girls. And before you say that sounds sad and desperate. Well, it was. But it also worked. I got so many dates out of those cards it's amazing what you can get away with being transparent and pitiful in this life um but so i was me, out you thought i was lying i totally thought he was dissing me and so i he immediately made it on my no-no list and you, and you just thought i was the most obnoxious I person did. i did i walked out of that room after about 10 minutes of talking to this guy going oh that is the most obnoxious human being i have ever met in my whole life god you're gonna make me marry someone like that one day aren't you uh, yeah dun, 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 dun. Dun. yeah I, I, so, God, God did not make you marry me. No, I didn't. Well, either way, <laughs> here we are, 15 <laughs> years of marriage later. And, okay, and, what's the rest of that question? Uh, okay, so we wanted to know where our first date was, which is also a great story. After being friends for a while and then eventually getting uh, getting together, uh, we go on our first date. Jared's invited me to a lunch and a movie, which is great. That's he, what you wanted. You like you like that yeah, that was like absolutely. your ideal day. Dinner and a movie is your perfect day. Oh, it's it's fantastic. I love it. So again, Jared and I have been friends for years at this point before we start dating. So Jared is a very punctual person. He gets to my I am punctual. He is. He gets to my door. Now we are in Florida. Shorts are are appropriate at all times. Because open, it's six hundred degrees. It is. So I open the door, he's wearing his shorts, but he is also wearing the ugliest shirt known to man. It was kind of the, I really liked this shirt for some reason. It was kind of the color of baby poop. Um, And then it had these mesh like sleeves on it. Uh, Yeah, they were like blue mesh sleeves Mm -hmm. with this awful mustard yellow shirt. And I loved that shirt. I do not know why. It was very comfortable. But what she hasn't said yet is it was also covered in splattered dry paint. Yes. uh, Because I'd been painting in it. And I had no social consciousness whatsoever and was not aware that showing up on a date with a friend that you've known for years (laughs) and a shirt covered in paint was considered a bad thing. <laughs> so I was forced to go home and change. No, no, no. We had we had those uh, like unisex t-shirts that they gave you uh, gave us at the That's college. That's true. Yeah. I grabbed so, another shirt yeah, there. I yeah, I had a shirt. He put it on. We go to the theater or first we go out to eat. And it's one of those places where Oh, you... oh please don't tell this part. 
Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's just too embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're just going to leave the mystery, folks. If you want to know the answer to that, Patreon. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right, last let, one. Let's move. Oh, my favorite video, video games. So... I have a few. My all-time favorite is Super Mario World. I, I it, it came at the right time of it, you know, the right age, and and it just felt like the most awesome magical thing ever. I love Super Paper Mario. Um, what's oh the... yeah, you do love Super Paper Mario. Oh, I a loved lot. it. Yeah. It was just the story was so wonderful. Um, and I also really love To the Moon. You shared that with me uh, sometime last year, and it I I boohooed. Again and again and again. So if you have not played this game, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, you start to the moon, you're like, what's the big deal? And then, man, oh, man. Oh, Very, that's so That's good. one of those video games that, that, first, I'm glad you play it because playing mm-hmm. it pulls you into it. Yeah. I do feel like there's like a great feature length animated movie oh, into okay. the moon. Yeah. I, I, I would love to see that change into a movie. Uh, it's one of the few games I think that would work well for. Oh, it's, yeah. Go play it. It's really great. So those are your favorites? Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's a good yeah. list. Thanks, Josh. Uh, yeah. Josh is a Josh is a friend. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Josh is Doug Funny in the in the Atlanta. Hat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So all right. So let's see. What what else we got here, Angela? Uh, let's see. So Phil Hughes says, "Me and my fiance are due to get married next October. What pieces of wedding day and married life advice do you know? Uh, do you now know that you wish you had known then? Uh go to the courthouse and get married uh definitely um do forego all register everywhere oh yeah and invite everybody and then have them all show up in a very small room for a 10 minute ceremony um and collect the gifts uh then go on a wonderful honeymoon and spend all the money that you would have spent on your wedding and all the time that you would have spent preparing for that having a lovely vacation Dude, together two and weeks starting away. your life I out. think the damage is done. It probably is. Um so being married is great. Getting married is great. Weddings are not usually great. Do not listen to this guy. It, weddings make people you love do crazy things. You and I actually got along pretty well yeah, that day. Yeah. But Many of the people around us, including very close family members that we have great relationships with, became insane people on our wedding day. And not only did they become insane people on your wedding day, but weddings are, I, I said this a lot, uh, I, I, I still conduct weddings as, as, a, uh, as a minister. Weddings are like funerals in most respects. Uh, they have the same degree of emotional involvement. Uh, people are thoroughly tied to, to what goes on in a wedding. They want... They care about what's happening. Lives are literally at stake. But the expectations are impossibly high. At a funeral, everybody knows how it's going to end. The person's dead and it's sad. At a wedding, everybody's invested and it has to be the most perfect day in the world. And the problem is there's so many moving parts. It never, ever can. And when one thing goes wrong, and it will, it kind of creates a like a snowball effect of horrors that causes normally sane and friendly human beings to become frantic, terrified monster people for a brief period of time. And it ain't worth the pictures. The damage is done. Go enjoy your wedding. You're going to have a beautiful life. You liked our wedding, right? I I liked our wedding and I don't care if anybody else did. Well, you were the only one that didn't get wet because you were in the house till the last minute because you were the bride. The rest of us were out there getting soaked and dealing with... It was a 
fine summer mist. We're dealing with the with the heavy rain <laughs> and the horse sex. It's and all the, lies. And the, and the angry parents. You can't. You, you're not being truthful, Jared. It was a lovely day that everyone enjoyed. There were kazoos. Uh, there was. There were kazoos. The we kazoos, kazoos were adorable. I enjoyed the kazoos. So, so to Phil and his his lovely wife to be, what is some advice that you wish you had? Wish you had listened to, or that you had? Uh, for in general about the act of getting married, the, or about... of married life. Oh goodness gracious, where do we start? Um, okay, so first off, everybody's marriage is different, mm-hmm. uh, and that is more true than you. I'm sure you already believe that, but it's even more true than you know it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, every year, I become aware of how true it is. Yeah. Here's the most important thing I wish somebody had told me before I got married. The person you're marrying is going to change fundamentally. That person is going to change in deep ways you do not imagine are possible. And so are you. That's the part I wasn't ready for. I knew that people changed as they grew older, and I imagined that would be everybody around me, including my spouse, and I thought I was ready for that. But I sincerely forgot that I was going to change fundamentally as a human being too. And that that, when you are in this little two-person operation where you're sharing hearts and lives and toothbrushes, (laughs) that is so important. You must be willing to accept that you will change and that you must change. If you cannot do those two things, it's going to be even harder and no matter how good and loving it is it's going to be hard i i was gonna say the exact same thing and uh i i could not agree with you more i think that if we you and i had realized that and had truly understood it years ago things things would have been a lot easier and a lot better we'd have had a portions of our marriage that were extremely difficult would have been happier absolutely and we just saved ourselves a lot of pain and and difficulty marriage uh and i think we've had a a pretty good one marriage hurts sometimes and for long times yeah um it's lovely man when it's good it's good but man you open your heart up to somebody and they open theirs to you what that means for your vulnerability did you know that it's possible for somebody who loves you and wants nothing but the best for you to hurt you so, so deeply? And do you know that it's possible for you wanting nothing but the best for someone else and loving them with all your heart that it's possible for you to suddenly discover that you have harmed them more than you've ever hurt anyone? Because that's part of marriage. It's not all of it. It's not even most of it. But good Lord, it's a <clears throat> important part of it. Yep. Sorry, that sounded really uh, preachy, maybe. I, I, uh, but I think it's true. It's true for us. Yeah, it's true for us. It's not true for everybody, but it's true for us. And my suspicion is it'll be true for you. Embrace the changes. Yeah. And, and, and when you don't embrace them, make sure you let your spouse know that that's not a change that you're ready for. And know that having a conversation about <laughs> changes is incredibly important i think that that's one of the the most difficult things that people in relationships face is that 
that we're not willing to talk about things because the, the changes that we experience are things that are that are growing out of us and there are things that we don't truly understand ourselves so as you're discovering that it can be a scary process and reaching out to the person that you're most vulnerable to can can make that process even more difficult and don't be afraid to ask for help the two of you are not likely going to solve everything by yourselves over the course of a very long marriage there are times that you're going to have to go to other people and get help that's very likely um, don't be more afraid of that than you have to yep. because it's actually a good thing yep. uh, nobody should ever have to be alone and sometimes two people together in marriage can feel very alone that's helpful All okay right, what we got? so next callum says what's your favorite non-eventful memory my favorite non-eventful memory yeah. i, I what, what, no, define a non-eventful memory so I, I interpret it this is my story that that i thought about when i saw that question um you and i when we were in college together i think yeah you and i were already engaged <clears throat> were invited to a really neat event you and i uh i knew the the children's librarian at the public library and i had helped her uh with this project and she as a thank you invited jared and i over uh to her house one evening for a potluck and it was going to be a bunch of friends and we yeah. head over to this person's house and to tell the story would not in any way give it justice it's it it kind of was non-eventful we go out in the middle of the woods in in florida where swamp it's swamp country swamp country with <laughs> with it's very very dark the roads are very very sandy and scary and we make it out into the middle of the woods to this house that she has had transferred from one city to another that's over 150 years old it's like some kind of magical plantation mansion yeah. in the middle yeah. of the swamp and it's, i mean there's like doric columns outside but it, yet somehow it comes off as unpretentious exactly like a, so we we get to this we get to this house and there's dozens of people there and it's it's hot and it's you know sweltering there's and a canoe in the living there's room. a canoe in the living room and it was magic. I don't know if any of you have had the chance in your lifetime to experience real magic, but Jared and I were absolutely transported to a time and place that was separate from anything and everything. It's when we went out on that porch. As yeah. the sun went down, this picking band yep. got together, just kind of impromptu yep. group of banjo pickers and, and guitarists and a couple other instruments. Yep. People had just brought their instruments along. And they got out there and they started picking and jamming. And as the sun went down, it got, the magic just came out to play. Yeah. Fireflies everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, so when I think of a non-event, people go to parties all the time. People go to, you know, mm -hmm. listen to music all the time. And Jared and I were transported to this, this thing that was bigger than we were and just the most perfect, wonderful thing. And we... You know, we stayed about a couple of hours. We get in our car and we go back to our life. But to this day, it is something that has stuck with me. And it makes my heart sing every time I think about it. 
I do not remember what the argument was about. You were, in this case, clearly in the wrong. You had screwed something up. I don't remember what. I was just um, talking about magic, and now he's talking about me screwing no, something up. No, this is just my, my favorite non-event-like memory, uh, because it, it has resonated through our, our marriage. It was very early on this happened. <laughs> okay. But you had done something very silly, uh, and I was just like, Wah-wah. why did you do that? Don't you know? And I'm like fussing, and I'm looking, and you're kind of looking more and more and more sheepish, and, I, and I'm just like, I'm just like, why, why did you do that? And you just looked at me and you went, pudding? I don't know why you said pudding with giant doe eyes. Just go, pudding? That's become kind of a marital meme ever since. Whenever one of us is in trouble and doesn't know what to say, it's going to go, pudding? <laughs> That's that. It's, the de- it's it a has, de-escalation technique, it, Jared. And it works. Um, but for 15 years, because that was in like the first or second year yeah, of our it was, marriage. Yeah, absolutely was, yeah. We have been saying pudding whenever we realize we're getting irritated with one another, and it very often diffuses the moment. It's really great. <laughs> Um, so I think that very first time, even though I can't remember, because it instantly rendered the entire thing ridiculous. I was so overwhelmed by feelings of love and, and, and love and more love in that moment. I was just like, well, there's something I love about you that I didn't know was there. Okay. Marriage is discovery. That's a very funny bit about it. You get to know each other really well, but you do keep surprising each other. I learned that, man. Wow. You still surprise me all the time. Okay, so our next question is from John Joe Carter. What does Valentine's Day mean to you? Valentine's Day is something that has not historically gone well for us. It's a curse. <laughs> it a is a curse. It's a Our Valentine's Days kind of suck. <laughs> um, every year something goes wrong. We make elaborate plans. We make simple plans. It does not matter. Some The Valentine's God is angry with Angie and I. And I mean from very early on. This has not worked out. To the point that we no longer endeavor to spend Valentine's Day together doing romantic things. We spend Valentine's Day with friends now. Yes. That's the standard operating procedure. Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah. One, one. I don't know, seven, eight years ago, we were living in Florida and uh, a a wonderful couple of gals from our church invited us out. They were both in their 60s at the time. And they asked us if we wanted to spend Valentine's or did we ask them? We asked them because we gave up. Yeah, we we were like, like, we just gave up. That was our idea. I was yes. just like, let's. Uh, and at first, we kind of was like, no. And ever since, really, that's been the plan. Uh, we just don't fool with it anymore. Valentine's Day is great for a lot of people. Frankly, Valentine's Day for me, most of my life before I got married, is one of two things. It was either about, oh Lord, I'm alone and I hate everything, or how do I leverage this holiday into finding another lonely person to to be with. Um, once we were together it became this kind of thing that seemed like the easiest idea in the world. Cause you and I enjoy dates with each other, Yeah, but it just doesn't work on Valentine's Day. <laughs> Your thoughts similar? Yeah. 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 All right. Much. There we go. So, <laughs> so that's the truth. I, I thought about glossing over it for a second, but, uh, <laughs> like, there's no, there's no, no reason. <laughs> no, let's just tell them, tell them the truth. 
Okay, so this one is from John Weddle, and it's uh, directed to me. Since there are so many guys replying, this one is for Angie. What do you observe guys doing in their relationships that you think that they should stop? What are guys not doing that we should do often? Should I take shelter? No, no, um, <laughs> because this actually does not apply to you. Okay. Okay. So I think uh, the, the answer for me is that I think that guys should be more willing to express vulnerability. Um, I've seen... I've seen acts of, you know, being macho or, you know, being aloof or, you know, just all of, all of these, these things that 80s action movies stars are, <laughs> are, 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 are trying to emulate. I am and, the law. I am the law. <laughs> wow. I am the law. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> We're just going to do this you, for a while you are, now. Yeah, you are not Bruce Willis. So I am the law. <laughs> So, John, the answer is this. I, I think that you guys need to be okay with being vulnerable. Um, girl, what does vulnerability mean? Being honest. Okay. Not not withholding things because you're trying to protect a sense, you know, a sensibility or or just showing showing that you are afraid of things too. And, and there's, there's this so it's of, honesty and empathy or yeah yeah honesty empathy and and n- knowing that it's okay that that you are scared of something that's 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 fine why is it so important i think i think that the person that you're in a relationship wants that because they're having those same feelings too as as a as a woman I I want to be able to tell you that I'm scared of something. And I know that very often you can protect me and you can save me, but the same thing can happen in the reverse. You I think you, the same thing should happen in the reverse. That's my point. Yeah. And so it's it's but it's not just a matter of equity so much as a matter of sharing. Is that it? Maybe. Or I don't know, what is it? I think that it comes down to being human means being inadequate to handle everything. Hmm. And if if you portray yourself as, as being unfazed by anything, people are going to start to believe that. And I don't think that that is true for most people. That's a really good answer. I like that one. Thanks. So Joel says, what is your favorite or funny thing that you do that bugs the heck out of the other knowing that they are not fond of it? Oh, man. Where do I start? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I got a a pocket full of these. I mean, they're... Goodness gracious! This I'm almost overwhelmed. I think I think you should actually kick this one off. I have I have two words for you, and and that's all it takes. All right, Mrs. Bunnykins. Oh, she does this. Thing. No, no, no! It's okay. You don't have to tell anybody. Oh, I, but don't you want them? No, to know no. About there's Mrs. no. It, it, the, Mrs. Bunnykins is is just a. It's. <laughs> Whatever you're imagining, it's worse. <laughs> 
that's the truth of Mrs. Bunnikins. Why in the world? I'm, I've been irritated right now. <laughs> Just thinking about it. I was so excited when I read this question because I'm like, I get to talk about Mrs. Bunnykins. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? No description cannot describe. Yeah. I, I, man, I'm too mad even thinking about Mrs. Bunnykins. All right. So, yeah, Mrs. Bunnykins is, is awful. And you just do it to bug me, man. Just, yes. Just to bug me. Um. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah, that that's a fun one. Um you know, it's harder for me because I'm like a I'm like a vulture. Uh, I'm a scavenger. I it's it's more opportunistic. I just wait until you're weak and then strike. Oh. Uh, so I'm trying, to, trying to think about about one of the one of the better tools to pull out. Um I think one of my favorites is that stupid video of the groundhog turning around and the bump, bump, bump place and just waiting for you to walk into a room, sometimes for 15 or 20 minutes with it queued up so that you can walk in and it'd be like, hey, and you turn around and the groundhog spins around and it goes bump, bump, bump. And it amuses me to no end. It's just the look on your face every time I do it. Because you used to think it was funny. And I just kept running it over and over, and then it stopped being that, funny. That's it. You and then did it circled it back around to sublime. Um, so that must sound really dumb to you, but I cannot tell you how much happy it makes me to watch that <laughs> bug her. It's just great. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty fantastic one, definitely. Um, I think, uh, oh, goodness. Yeah, that, we'll, we'll just stick with that, I think. Any? Can there any? What can you think of that I do deliberately? Oh, uh, you, you know what? Let's not, of... let's not. Let's not hash it up. Let's right, not bring it up. Right. Our next one comes from David Pavito. Hello, David. Hi. So he says, "I'm getting married in July of this year to my best friend." Congratulations, David. We Tip... also got married in July. Yes, we did. Tips for a successful start to a marriage. Also, we're going to insert the adorable invitation that uh, that we got. Yeah, it's, it's he's got an MTG card like it's, invitation. It's fantastic. Oh, it's the cutest. Was was that you? Was that your bride's idea? Whose idea was that? That's fantastic. Do you yeah. guys both play? I want to know. I want to know. Tell me. So what's a what's a good starter tip? A good getting started in marriage tip: find a casserole, because um, that was <laughs> that's a very important part of the beginning of our marriage. Um, let's see. This tips from the beginning of our marriage. Uh, when your car breaks down on your way to your honeymoon, borrow your parents and get your parents to pay to fix it. Um, so go on your <laughs> when you get to your honeymoon, make sure the air conditioning works. Um, when uh, when you get to your first apartment, have a friend bring you a giant casserole because you're going to discover you have no money at all. We lived off of it for weeks. <laughs> it was amazing that casserole. So really, we we were far more broke. We sh- we made a horrible decision getting married in the financial condition we were in. We were 22 years old. We moved to a new town. I was starting grad school in a week. We did not have jobs. Well, I had a part-time thing lined up. Um, And we're living in a basement uh, and we had no money and we're living on this casserole 
and eating 50 cent cheeseburgers from the Burger King down the street that was having a summer special and renting 50 cent movies <laughs> from the video store. And that was pretty much what kept us alive that first our, few months. Our first few months were great. Yeah. They I, just were so great. I think that's actually maybe the, the advice I can give you. Just delight in each other. Um, have look for adventures look for ways to please the other person in new and different ways every day when you have the fights face up to them honestly when the other person surprises you in a way that is unsettling address it immediately and gently but don't just brush it off be like hey what, what is that are we okay there um, how do we, you know work through the because it's going to happen things that you need to work through and if you just try to bury it all in bliss that doesn't always work. Um, do it like bunnies. Um, that's really important. Um, let's see what else. I'm going to exit stage right. There we go. Uh, actually, I think from their perspective, your stage. No wait, stage right is on. Yeah, never mind. Don't listen to me. Let's just change the subject. How about all right, that? there we go. <laughs> uh, okay, so Matt says what's the smallest thing that your partner has done that you appreciate the most oh wow uh you first jared does this really sweet thing uh when i'm sick if i've got a sore throat or something he always makes me soup it's it's out of a can campbell's hooray good stuff except that one time in japan except the one time in japan that's true. Oh my goodness. That's right. He made me homemade chicken noodle soup because there wasn't any in Japan and it was the sweetest thing. But the small thing is this. Jared makes me my bowl of soup and he puts it on a plate with a napkin and lays out crackers in this little formation. And it's the littlest thing, but it's the sweetest thing. Hmm. I, I just, it's just, when you hand me the plate, I know how incredibly good and sweet you are. For me, um, it is packing. When I go on a trip without you, and only <sighs> on a trip without you, mm -hmm. there is invariably a correction to my packing. Um, sometimes you pack everything from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I pack and then <clears> you <throat> go through the stuff and check. There's always the little extra plastic bag to put the wet toothbrush in that's added there's always the extra bag for the clothes there's always a little loving note or a little loving extra you're gonna need this or did you check that or the socks which were just thrown into the bag or suddenly put together into little matching sock rolls and did you... every time i pack for a trip where you're not going to be there there is some little touch in the bag when i get there that I didn't make. And when I'm off someplace without you, it means the world. I don't know if I've ever told you that. Mm. No? It's always something slipped in there. Or... It's nice. It's real nice. It means a lot to me. I can't think of a trip I've ever gone on where you didn't do that. Even if it's just some tiny thing, there's this little tiny piece of you in there. Mark Freeman asks... What are your most memorable moments with each other? Excluding the wedding, which is obviously the answer. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I, I, the wedding's not for me, but... Me either. Yeah. What's, uh, wow. Okay. Well, there I, we go then. Yeah. I mean, I, I, of course it's memorable, but it's not the most memorable. No, not for me either. Um, what, what's yours? Road trips. 
Ah, there we go. So that's multiple, but it's it's what we do well together. It's yeah. what we do best together. Yeah. You and I should just have jobs where we travel all the time to the same place because we would be fundamentally happy in that environment. Yeah, absolutely. Expound, our our yeah. our road trips are just fun. Jared and I enjoy being in the car together more than two human beings ever have. We <laughs> we read to each other, we listen to music, we talk, we nap. We eat snacks and throw them in the back seat after the wrappers in the back seat when we're finished. You know, we just we get out and look at random roadside stands and and, you know, we take planned trips and unplanned trips. But we just like being together and we do it so well. That's great. I like that one a lot. For me, um, there's two moments I'm going to cheat. Ooh, um, because... cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. The first one is dancing one night under a dogwood tree uh, to a Harry Connick Jr. song next to a parked car with the music playing out through the open door. Mm-hmm. Um, just dancing alone outside of the night. I'll never forget that. The other is um, the moment when I began to understand that maybe you were going to be okay after the accident. Okay, that's a relative term, but that maybe things weren't going to be completely awful mm-hmm. um it was a christmas you had survived a very dangerous surgery after an accident where you had a lot of opportunities to die <laughs> it was christmas time you were in a neck brace and one of your arms and two of your legs didn't work and you couldn't move and you asked for these stupid reindeer antlers no, my aunt sent them to me in yeah, a care package. Yeah, and you, but you asked me to hand them to you. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you put them on, and you held up your phone, and you had a log fireplace running on your phone. <laughs> and you're wearing these stupid antlers in a hospital gown, holding up this fireplace in a neck brace. And smiled at me. And it was, it was the beginning of coming back to life. Up to that point, I... There wasn't much of me left. And after that point, I kind of began to believe that maybe, just maybe, things might still turn out to be something almost bearable. So I think that's that's a pretty great moment for me. You did that. That's one of the highlights of my life. Thanks, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, my goodness. What's the next one? Mark also asks, what is the sweetest thing the other has done for you? Also, lots of love to both of you. Oh, thank you, Mark. Yeah. <clears throat> sweetest, huh? That's easy for me. Uh-oh. Oh, no, it really is. It's super sweet. The sweet thing that Jared does for me always and has been doing it for years has jared reads me bedtime stories uh we were married for several years he kept asking me hey do you want me to read you a bedtime story and i was like no it's fine i'm good and then one night he's like just just let me read you a bedtime story and we laid in bed and i don't even remember what our first book was that we read but since then it has been one of the most treasured things in my whole life Jared just telling me stories, kids' stories, adult stories, adventures, horrors, 
laying in bed, turning pages together. <laughs> and it's, it is intimate. Oh, that makes me really, really happy. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got, I got a little tripped up by that. Sweetness is <clears throat> kind of in your blood. Um, I call you Sweetum sometimes, both because you're really sweet and because it's the Muppet that wanders around and knocks everything down and goes, Rawr! which is another... <laughs> Tremendous characteristic of you. I am a graceful gazelle. But I'll tell you, I'm not sure the answer is going to be what you expect. Okay. Because sweetness comes in a lot of forms. The moment I saw the most sweetness in you, I think, ever, was when you did something for somebody else, not for me. It was the day after September 11th. Um... 2001 when you went and gave blood everybody was looking for something to do angie and i had talked a lot already about what we suspected the implications of that morning's events were beyond the deaths of thousands on that day and the trauma and horror we were worried about the almost inevitable upcoming war about what would happen, about <clears throat> other attacks, and about decades of seeded anger and, and all the other bad things that could come out of it. And everybody, all of us, wanted to do something. And the thing that you decided to do first was go give blood because the Red Cross needed blood. And you went and you did that, and then you got in the car afterward. And when I asked you about your experience, you said to me, I was looking at everyone's shoes because the office was full of people that had the same thought. People from every walk of life, people from every system of belief, every age, all those people in all their different shoes, the shoes of working people from factories and the shoes of people at retail and the shoes of business people and the shoes of retired senior citizens and the shoes of people just out of high school and rich shoes and poor shoes. Everybody just trying to do something. I don't know if I've ever loved you more than that moment. To this day, it's the most human thing I think I've ever heard anyone say. That's the sweetest thing you ever did for me. Thanks. So let's do a couple more. Okay. So this one is from Rolo Tomasi. Rolo Tomasi? I surely recognize that. No. LA Confidential. It's been a long time. He's the guy that gets away with it's it. It's been a long time. That'll do, pig. And like, so That'll do. Oh, awesome scene. Okay. From Rolo Tomasi. What movie do you consistently revisit together? LA Confidential. <laughs> Actually, that's one I consistently that was, revisit. That would be on. inconsistent because I didn't notice the reference. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's one I watch all the time. A movie you and I watch together. Oh, there's a few of those. Goodness. Um, Die Hard. Die, Die Hard. Hard. Yeah, we really like Die Hard a lot. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of history with Die Hard for us. Um, 
that's a movie that that we started. Well, we we loved it anyway. But sure. then when it, before the Die Hard is a Christmas movie meme thing started before, and we were ahead of this a little. But we were living in Japan, and there was a video store down the street from our apartment, and uh, we. All the Christmas movies, you know, all ten of them were checked you were, out. You were at home, and yeah. I'm like, I'll go rent us some right, Christmas music. First. Yeah, that's right. I'll go so rent some Christmas music wrong. movies. I'll get, I get there, and of course, all of them are gone. It's yeah. like Christmas Eve, and so I think it would be hilarious. I'm like, well, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so I got Die Hard and The Gremlins, which is also a Christmas movie. It was a good evening. Well, it, a it was. A, it was so. You're like, and we. I get. I'm like, I've got a very special Christmas music movie for you. And you're like, what? And I'm like, Die Hard, and. It, it was like it was definitely Christmas well. We'd day. watched it together for years. I mean, before sure. that, it, it it like Angie will maybe once every couple of months poke her head in the room and just go, Hans, Bobby, <laughs> I'm your white knight. I just it happens a Booby. lot, but Booby. but but even more than Die Hard. Die Hard's a fun one for us. Uh, but there there's Wally. Wally uh, is important, but I do think the movie of our relationship is is. I know we want to say when Harry met Sally, because that one does strangely mirror our relationship a lot. Very strange. But it's the obvious answer is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, <laughs> which has held a special place in our relationship since long before we were dating. Pizza dude's got thirty seconds. Yeah, our I do believe the <laughs> the foundation on which our marriage is built is the TMNT movie, which, by the way, is a positively Wonderful. enjoyable motion picture and a very faithful adaptation of the original TMNT comic book which in itself is a wonderful thing especially its original black and white white run I think I think you've gotten off off got off topic here. a little bit bossa nova chevy nova excellent that's right <laughs> uh yeah we're just going to do this all day so anyway um TMNT the movie ridiculously important to us foundationally quote lines back and forth have since we knew one another uh, at the very beginning of our friendship we watch it regularly we've owned physical and digital copies so many times over that i can't count them anymore <laughs> um i think we've had it on every available media format uh that, that yep. you can so uh, i have i think a final question and it's from demi what is one of the memories you've had by one another side that you most wish to hold on to? You look like you've got something. Yeah, I, uh, so Jared and I had been married a few years, and I think it was for Valentine's Day. Uh, he made me a mixtape mm -hmm. and mix CD. And, uh, we were living in Indiana. Yeah, we were living in Indiana. And, um, He's like, let's sit down and listen to this together. And it was full of, of love songs and, you know, it was handcrafted, handcrafted, by artisan, <laughs> one might say. <laughs> and um, a song comes on uh, that I, I didn't recognize. And uh, he said it was by Harry Chapin and it was years go by. Yeah. Years go by is the title of the song. And, and it was just this. It was just this lovely, heartfelt, beautiful song. That's a song about marriage. Yeah. That's a song about long love and what it means. Uh, that's a song that's full of truth. Um, Chapin gets kind of a bad rap, I think, because the stuff that you, that made it on the radio is mostly kind of his really sappy stuff. But he's a 
incredible songwriter and years go by is about what you give up to be with somebody yeah well <laughs> it's it was it was it was timely and it was it was real and it was beautiful and we sat quietly which if you know jared is is a rarity indeed we sat and we listened to the the words of the song and we held each other and we wept yeah, we and just it, cried and cried. We cried and cried because it felt it was just so, so beautiful and, and it it was just it was us at that moment and we had each other and we were grateful and, so I never ever ever want to lose that memory. For me, um, we were living in Florida, and we just had dinner with some friends. A dinner at a Vietnamese restaurant that was supposed to go for an hour that went for about four. Yeah. And the reason it went for about four was because they had started telling us stories at the time when they were younger, when they taught English in Japan. Angie and I had, in a very academic way, talked about living in Japan, visiting Japan, as long as we had known one another. If you grew up in the United States in the 1980s, there's a very good chance. It was almost impossible to avoid an inundation of Japanese cultural awareness at some level. It was, sure. a, it was marketed to us. But it, we went kind of past the marketing individually before we knew each other and mm -hmm. really did fall in love with a lot of aspects of the culture and the history. And then in college, there was a connection to a school there in Japan that Angie in particular yeah. was involved with. Yeah. And then... For me, it you know it all started with Nintendo and just kind of built from there. But um, we were both in positions in Florida where things were not exactly where we wanted them to be. And the, our friends told the story of how they just kind of left everything behind and went and did it. We got home that night, and this is the part I will hold on to forever. We sat kind of like this <laughs> on our bed. Yeah, like side by side talking. We're like, this is crazy. We both had careers. We had no training in it. We were almost 30. You know, it was just like, this made no sense. And at the end of that, we're just like, let's do this. Yeah, We're going to do it. And we made this life-altering decision that we were both absolutely on board with. Mm-hmm. And excited to see feeding off one another's energy in this. It's still one of the happiest feelings I've ever had. Going to bed that night. And waking up the next morning. I would not trade that for anything. That was a happy, happy day for me. And uh, I don't know if I've ever quite felt closer to you than I did then. It was it was a amazing experience where you're just like so utterly in sync with one another. Yeah. And that's the that's the way it felt. It was like we we are going to move halfway across the globe and we are just committed. And six months later we did. And I we mean, did. We, as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. It did not take long. Yeah, we um, didn't have passports or anything. And it was financially disastrous <laughs> and it was ridiculous ridiculously difficult and and man i love that memory yeah um, so that that's great. that's a good day for me i when i think about being happy with you 
seeing you with as childlike excitement after we had gotten the crap kicked out of us in some ways for a long time before that. I just felt so good that day. And now, instant noodles. Are you ready? Yes. Here we go. Lightning round number one. What is best sandwich? Ooh, okay. It's incredibly lame. I I just like a turkey with Swiss. I just think it's on on white bread with some mayonnaise, and it's incredibly boring. But by golly, that's my desert food, desert island food choice. Yeah. Like I would eat that every day for the rest of my life. Turkey sandwich with Swiss with mayo. Yeah. you like black pepper on it normally, don't Sometimes, you? Sometimes, but I, you know that's, that's just. <laughs> However, let's talk about the ingredients and how they're put on the bread because that's very important. That's right, because the Swiss yes, obviously symmetry. So somebody asked earlier in the show about ways I like to irritate you. <laughs> I just thought of my favorite one. Aww. When I pastored the church, Aww. so sanctuaries and churches, you know, are kind of symmetrical, right? They're they're kind of laid out to look symmetrical for the most part, not all of them, but most of them. I used to delight in just before the service when it was too late to change anything, going up to the front and moving something slightly askew. If it was up on the altar or if it was up on the chancel, I, I would just move one object that, like I'd move a candle just, just a few inches off on one side or something like that. Or I, I'd slide something just a little over and then start so that Angie would have to sit for an hour and look at a room that was not perfectly symmetrical that had been a moment ago. I would just watch her face and sure enough, we finished the, finished the, uh, the thing, stand up, walk up, and just adjust it. It was great. I, lo- I loved, loved watching it. So anyway, okay. back to my sandwich. It is just more delicious when it's symmetrical, obviously. <laughs> so there's the, right, the sandwich has to be symmetrical. Uh, cheese has to go on. It's opposite. all yeah, about it's bread to moisture ratios here, Jared. No, it's about where the slices of cheese are on the bread. Which I mean, is a moisture inhibitor <laughs> what's uh, uh what's the best song you've heard in the last 100 years okay i have put a lot of thought into this and i think that i am correct above all people it is the jaws theme song really yes there there isn't a song that has affected more people from generation to generation to generation that strikes fear and 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 excitement more than John Williams' Jaws song. Well, you've obviously never heard LFO Summer Girls. Oh, <laughs> are you? No. No, no, no. I, I'm just being Jaws theme It is. Song. Actually, that's a pretty profound answer. I really it like is. that. I, I've been thinking about it. I'm like, I've got well, it. I yeah, mean, of Everybody course. knows it. Yeah. It's instantly memorable. Yeah. It's frightening as all. It yeah. never gets old. And I mean, and it's, sharks are terrifying. And, and so it immediately puts sharks in your brain, too. I mean, obviously, John Williams does Star Wars and E.T. and Harry Potter. And those are all phenomenal. But it's, it's Jaws. Two notes sends people into terrified frenzies. See? Oh, so good. So good. I love that. Number which, one. Which number favorite one answer. flavor of ice cream? Uh, I go between uh, pistachio and Rocky Road. 
What's your uh, number one Christmas present of all time? I well, you know, if you listen to, I think it what was it a Patreon exclusive? Episode? Oh yeah, we talk about that. That's yeah, so so my favorite all time favorite Christmas present is a VCR. No. Um, and for more on that, check out. No, <laughs> we didn't actually put that in there for that. Uh, but seriously, uh, Patreon, it helps. Um, let's see. Uh, what's your favorite word? Uh, my favorite word is Hanabi. Yeah. That makes me really happy. Yeah, so Hanabi uh, is Japanese for uh, fireworks viewing. Um, there's another there's another word uh, that's specific to fireworks, but uh, like Hanami means uh, flower viewing, which is a very special time every year uh, in Japan where you go and you look at the, the sakura trees, uh, mm-hmm. the cherry blossoms blooming. Hanabi is an act of going and watching fireworks and it it's one of if i can tell the story just super quickly you don't have to tell it quickly you can take as long as you want okay so uh when jared and i were living in japan uh we it was it was stinking hot it was the middle of august and uh we had been uh, told that there was uh, the chance to go and watch some fireworks and of course that's like one of my all-time favorite things to do and so we make a plan of it but they're like you need to go it's an all-day kind of thing because you will not find parking if you try to get there right before fireworks start and we hear the news that um, during that event it's the second largest one in the country and it happens every year they're going to put off thirty thousand fireworks which we were convinced had to be a typo. it's got to be a typo three thousand would be amazing but no 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 thirty thousand so we arrive uh in, the, in noontime it's one billion degrees outside mm-hmm. and already there are booms happening off in the distance and we walk down several miles uh and there's a, a down cat- a mountain down a mountain where at the top of the mountain is lord nobunaga's castle yeah i Gifu, kid you not gifu castle sitting up there it, and and we're on cow. the banks of the nagaragawa river and it, unbelievable so we get down there there are people dressed in their summer yukata which are uh, summer kimono and there's crazy food all over the place and excitement great and, oh, great... man. and just thousands of people thousands crammed onto thousands. this riverbank families and boyfriends and girlfriends and groups of friends and old people and young people and children running everywhere and 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 there's like fair booths and, yeah. and just all these amazing things happening and and you know and at the top of it the whole time there are there are fireworks and as it starts to get uh, and it, there there are just loud pops for the most part but hundreds and hundreds of them but then about t- as it moves Twilight. toward the late afternoon yeah yeah that's when it's about i remember the kick because la- the whole thing the actual beginning of the display to end was two and a half hours yeah two and a half hours thirty thousand and it was it was like the grand finale of any fireworks show you have ever seen done for three hours. Yeah, it was unreal. It I, was it's unreal. Unimaginably beautiful. And you, you just could, it just went on. And again, as it went on, there was this crazy effect because you're over the Nagaragawa, which is this beautiful river. So all the fireworks are reflected right off the river. Yeah. They blow them up right over your head. I have yeah. no idea how no one was killed. They're blowing them up off the banks. And then the castle's up there. And as the sun goes down, and then the moon comes up, and the castle's there. The smoke from the fireworks drifts over the castle and forms this kind of mist mm-hmm. around it. And there's smoke wafting around you. And the, you know, the fireworks get lost in the smoke, and then a wind will blow in, and it'll clear 
and it you don't get bored because it just keeps building and building. I stole your story. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Ever. So Hanabi, it, it is meaningful in in ways that that we are not ex- describing adequately. adequately. No, yeah. it's it's it was a transcendental experience. It was absolutely. It's one of those days where I think. Like if somebody said, "Would you trade your whole life for that day?" Mm-hmm. I'd have to think about it. Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. Hot though. Woo. Lord. If you could travel the time and re- uh, talk to any one person, who would it be? Oh, that one I, I have a really hard time with. I um you know I, I think I'm gonna cheap out and say myself. Um, I know a lot of people no, have good. probably said that, but yeah, I I I would absolutely tell myself, young me. To not do some of the things that older me is going to do. <laughs> like, hey, hey, little girl, stop eating Reese's Cups. <laughs> Those are bad for you. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice to be able to go back and like, listen here, kid. I got some stuff to tell you. Apple stock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice? Oh, uh, snob. Ooh, okay. Snob. Yeah, I, you know, and Jared's made fun of me for years and years and years. I am from Kentucky, and I've been told lots and lots and lots of times I don't sound like I'm from Kentucky, and it 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 was intentional. I practiced my regionless diction. <laughs> that, I knew he was going to say that. Yeah, I was I was definitely setting him up for yeah, that. For Anchorman, yeah. It's just <laughs> I think of it. Every, first time I saw that scene, I just burst out laughing in the middle. I was like, "Well, I know that person." Um, who is uh, who's your first kiss? My first kiss was uh, a guy named Chris. How was it? I uh, I was sixteen, and it was very nice. Oh, I'm glad it was a very yeah, nice. It was first very kiss. romantic. Uh, cake or pie? A cake. And I know I'm going to get the look. I've seen the look on the videos. That's the look. I, I like cake, and I am proud of it. So what's best getting... cake? All cake. All cake? <laughs> no, I don't like... This is just a per- personal preference. I don't like coconut, so I, I I wouldn't have a coconut cake. I figured for sure for you it'd be Christmas cake, but maybe Ooh. not. <laughs> like Japanese Christmas cake. Yeah. Christmas I cake. Eat as much as you Bingo. like foam at the mouth for it. <laughs> I know. Every year I'm like, I could make one. Yeah. I could do it. And then it's just this glob no, of grossness. Can. I, well, I can't do it. they're really hard to make. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Christmas cake for sure. So anyway, uh, guys, thank you for taking time to watch and listen to our show. Thank you for for sending that in. Thank you for being a guest today, Thank Angie. you. I'm glad you were here. I like you a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm rather fond of you. Thank you. Guys, I hope, what, uh, I hope that you enjoyed our little trip down uh, Romance Lane here on Valentine's Day. Uh, whether you're with somebody or on your own uh, this week, this month, this year, um, I thank you dearly for being a part of a uh, little corner of our little marriage. And uh, until next time, well, and by the way, uh, until next time. Next time's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited. Yeah, I think it's time to. I think it's time to spill the beans. So next week. Are you uh, saying? Are you going to oh, tell? Oh yeah, I'm telling. I'm telling. <gasps> Ooh, next, you are. You are up for uh, a here surprise. We go. Yeah, next week, uh, barring disaster, um, we will present uh, our animated episode of Pockets Full of Soup, uh, prepared by Panda Musk, uh, where a, a living panda bear will come and join me, and uh, we will 
on a hard pivot from romance, uh, spend about 45 minutes talking about spiders. <laughs> so uh, join Panda Musk and I next week for Pockets Full of Soups animated episode, Pockets Full of Spiders. I've always <laughs> wanted to be a cartoon. It's a childhood dream to be rendered as a cartoon. It's about to happen. We truly do live in an age of wonders. I hope you'll join us for this. Thank you. And until uh, next time. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day.